Apple presents Meet the Musicians at the Apple Store. Please welcome this evening's guest moderator, AllHipHop.com CEO Chuck Creekmer, and tonight's guest, Grammy Award-winning producer Ninth Wonder and Duck Down Music co-founder Buckshot. How's everybody doing today? Good. Thanks for coming out. Thank you. Good to sit here with Ninth Wonder and Buckshot once again with Ninth, and for the first time with Buckshot, who's obviously a legend from Brooklyn. So it's Thank good to have you here. Much. Yes, Thank sir. You. Um, so, so just to get things started, can you guys speak on your project, The Solution? And, and you know, you guys have collaborated on a number of occasions, but what's, what makes this project special? I remember the, the first time I heard, well, actually the first time I asked him to do our first one. And it was, I was standing here, Drew High was standing here, and Buckshot was standing on the other side of him. And they had first drove down North Carolina to, to work, um, just to do random songs. And I asked Drew Hart, and I said, see a Buckshot to do an album with me, man. And Drew Hart turned around and said, Buck, will you do an album with me? <laughs> you know, it was weird because I was so much of a, a boot camp click fan, like a lot of us. And so, you know, just looking back seven years later, this is our third record, you know, and it just shows growth in the music that we've done. But in still trying to keep the early boot camp fans you know, we got to make them happy first, regardless of what, because they're going to get me. You know, it's your yeah. fault. You know what I mean? Right. So that's, uh, you know, that's what this album is about. That's what the solution is about. What about you, Buck? What, what about Ninth and his music has been so uh, appealing to you as a lyricist? Um, well, first of all, um, I always like to reintroduce, like, my name is Buckshot, and um, I'm from a group called Black Moon. We started out with Black Moon <clears throat> in 1992 with a single called Who Got the Props, and then we had a record out called Into the Stage uh, in the 93. Then you go to Wu-Tang uh, Boot Camp uh, era, the 90s, they called them the Timberland era, because everybody was wearing Timberland, baggy jeans, and bubble gooses, like four sizes. <laughs> <laughs> you was the man if you wore size 5X and you actually wore one. But um, uh, Knife Wonder, when, in that era, we came out with a sound that was real underground. A lot of producers and a lot of artists had different styles and different sounds. And it was the thing in my era to have your own style and your own voice, your own flow. So um, working with Beat Miners was real special. So years later, uh, as hip hop evolved, for a brother, for me to hear of a producer from Knife from North Carolina named Knife Wonder, I was hearing about him through Evil D. And he would always say, this is one of my new favorite producers. Um, and then it was later that Drew actually introduced me to some of his music. So right away, I was attracted to the music. I was attracted to his style. I was attracted to how he produced. And um, I noticed that it was a respect from the era of where we came from, evolving into the era of where the new kids is going today. So it was a blessing for me to get up with Knife Wonder and we had a, such a great conversation and an energy together. I said, we have a great chemistry and we called the album Chemistry. And from the, al the first album called Chemistry, we developed a formula of working with each other. So we called the album The Formula. And then from that formula, we've developed the answer to a lot of the struggles and a lot of the problems that we was facing, the adversities in the game and the solution is what we found, and which is you, me, we are the actual solution 
to everything that's in front of us, every problem. I know y'all know that it's common sense, but you don't really, really take it in perspective that we are the solution to our problems because we are so used to using who else is to blame. Yeah. So that's the reason why it's called the solution. It's a timely topic, actually, considering the election and a lot of people are focusing on not, the, not necessarily the leaders, but more importantly, the people's contribution to the actual solution. And I'll tell you, Chuck, <laughs> you know, we've made some changes. It you know, uh, you know, wasn't easy, uh, but we did it. Uh, we've did the changes. And uh, shout out to Apple. You guys are uh, definitely uh, one of the creative uh, small independent businesses uh, that are important in America. <laughs> Buckshot doing Barack Obama. Give him a round of applause, y'all. <laughs> one of my favorite guys right now. Man. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Right up, I'm feeling Barack. Okay, so let's talk about a couple songs on the album. Now, the first one I want to talk about is one you have called Stop Rapping. And, mm. I, and I didn't get to hear the whole album, but that was one of them that I heard, and that was definitely the standout for me. Can you speak on that, and, and what is your intention when you say stop rapping? Wow. Stop rapping. Um, I suffered uh, something a, a little while ago. I suffered from... Um, I ain't gonna say I suffered from it, but I was really hitting me real hard. Um, studying as a supercomputer, all right? When you, there's a formula out there. Again, I don't know if a lot of you know about motivational coaches, motivational speeches, speakers, and um, life coaches and stuff like that. But a lot of these guys have real good information. You know what I'm saying? And uh, sometimes you could use some of their tactics. And stop rapping was the fact that I noticed everybody at some point in time looked at the rappers that was on television and wanted to get their success so bad that they was willing to stop whatever they was doing, quit uh, their jobs. Um, we need more doc. We had doctors, we had lawyers, we had teachers trying to be rappers. Would put that they would be teachers during the day, and then at night they would you know dress up as rappers and actually pursue the rap career. Now. For the, for the people who have that passion, stop rapping is not to tell you, stop it, I'm egotistical, I'm better than you, you can't do that, no, 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 no. What stop rapping means is take a step back, stop for a second, stop. Reevaluate your true talent. What's your best talent? What's your best resources? What's your best assets? Look at those things, and those things may be more beneficial to you than trying to rap. Some people have a talent to be a talent, a, 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 a CEO, and a manager, okay? I represent the talent, but I also have people like Drew Ha and Noha in the back right there that represent the entrepreneurial side and the managerial side of it. So I'm not trying to do everything, even though I can or have the ability. Appoint people in positions that they have a passion for, and you'll see a whole totally different result. And that's what Stop Rapping is about. Everything isn't for everyone. What's the feedback online been? I want to stop rapping to be about just the ones who can't rap. Just stop rapping. <laughs> I don't know about anybody else. But, right. Because, you know, it's a free country to make the money that you want to make. But yeah. we have enough people that's rhyming that don't need to be. Right. And I don't think people really understand the internal struggle that goes on without inside hip hop. You know, I get on the plane sometimes and I sit beside somebody and, you know, I got my iTunes up and I'm listening to music and you know they think we all like Waka Flocka. Right. <laughs> but you know, and that's cool, that's my man. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is like it's been this war going on in hip hop a very long time inside our own culture about the ones who can rhyme. 
right. and the ones who can't. Everybody outside, they don't know the difference between the, the few that we have all the time. So personally, for me, I wanted <laughs> the rappers who can't rap to stop rapping, man. Just because it's gonna be hard, man. The access I to know, entry know is it, pretty man. much none. I there is it. no barrier. I, I mean, but that's the reason why it's cool because everybody in life, every single person, <clears throat> everybody in this whole store right now has two things in common with everybody. You got two things. You want to succeed and you want satisfaction. That's what we want in life. We want two things in life, that's it. To succeed and to be satisfied, okay? So some of us combined the two and some of us just separated. Some of us want to be satisfied, but we don't try to succeed. We want to be satisfied. We want this person to do it. We want that person to do it. And then some people want to succeed, even though they might not be satisfied. Going to certain events and there might be one person in the crowd you're not that satisfied, but you still know how to succeed and go forward. Right. You should be a life coach. That's I wish he's I, working on. That's man. that's that's like oh, one of my, this is next. Oh. Well, that, no, look, breaking no, news. Well, that's one of my dreams because me and Knife, we we, we we talked about it for the past, and it's funny because MC to me means a motivational coach. MC to some means a master of the ceremony. Um, it can mean you know many things, but. Primarily, when you grab the microphone and you get people's attention and you speak to them, you have to deliver to them satisfaction because they're giving you their ear. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I'm going to have to break that news on all hip-hop tomorrow. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. So, speaking of, of talents, and not, not, we'll get back to the album a little bit. How's uh, being a professor at Harvard going for you? My brain's hurting, man. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> man, it's... it's, it's um. I want to thank Duke for getting me ready right. for Harvard. Right, absolutely. I've been. This is my third year at Duke University okay. teaching class, and you know, Harvard is is a myriad of things. Harvard is a it's a fellowship program, as well as I'm teaching next semester, as well as me doing a research project. You know, one thing we got to understand about Harvard is this: Harvard is the best place to start an idea. Some schools teach you how to get a job. Harvard teaches you how to make your own, and you really don't really understand it. You've seen it in movies and such, but you really don't understand it, that you're going to a school, and it's, you hear about the Microsofts, and you hear about the, you hear about the uh, Facebooks, the billion-dollar companies, but all the $50 million companies that's being started, you really don't hear about, you know, right. because these two are overshadowing everything else. And that's the kind of competition that it is at Harvard, you know. But I'm in the um, Du Bois Institute, WB Du Bois Institute, I was awarded a, uh, a fellowship by Henry Louis Gates Jr., Skip okay. Gates. So I'm in the same building with this man. I'm on the second floor. He's on the third floor. Um, the Hip Hop Archive, the National Hip Hop Archive is at right. Harvard. Mm -hmm. So um, it's incredible, man, just to say that, you know, I can teach something that I actually love, something that people don't really think that has a rich history. Next year, hip hop will be 40 years old. Yeah. Um, some people think hip hop started with Rapper's Delight. And just, just to teach that, to a generation of kids that really want to know, it's, it's amazing, it's amazing. What's the state of true school hip hop? And if you may want to give people the definition of that, but you know, you represent for true school hip hop and there's a collective of people that, that do it as well. Can you speak on the state status of it and, and, and if it's still vibrant the way it was a few years ago? Well, just, just talking about just how old hip hop is, 
Um, we, you know, all of us up here are parents. We have some parents in the audience that's under age 40, or maybe 40 and under, or 41 and 42. This is the first era of hip hop parents. I don't think we ever saw the era of, okay, we're gonna get to the situation where Illmatic is gonna be the classic to an 18 year old, a 19 year old. I don't think we understand how old we are. Some people don't understand how old we are sometimes. Like Illmatic, Illmatic was 18 years ago, you right. understand? And Absolutely. we have kids that age. Yeah. And so true school hip hop is our era of hip hop. Cause mm -hmm. now technology speeds up things so fast. Technology speeds up things. Now generations are seven years apart now, right? right? Yeah. Cause things move so fast. So there's a generation of hip hop that we belong to. And then there's the next generation of hip hop. But mm -hmm. again, outside people think that we all listen to the same thing but it's actually a, a fault line. It's like you have to be old enough or old enough to remember this or old enough to remember that. And that's what true school hip hop is. I think Buckshot is a true school hip hop artist. I think Nas is, um, I think Jay-Z still is, you know what I mean? Where, you know, I, I teach, like I said, I teach at Duke. And when I talk about Busta Rhymes, they just look at me like, he's an old rapper. I don't think we ever got to the point where we were gonna hear the term old rapper that's kind of a juxtapose yeah kind of an old rapper hip-hop is such a, a young generation thing but in listening to an old rapper is something i don't think we thought we was going to be ready for so okay all right so let's get back to the album now you have um rhapsody on there can you speak on the uh song you did you well, i'm sorry that's Murr's album we'll get she, to that he's on hers too she, she's yeah she's on, she's on um, hers too she's yeah, on she's hers too he's on hers so too. she's on hers too Okay, she's on his album. Oh, that's wait. the name of the song. Wait, who's no. on first? The no, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> the name of the song is Shorty Left. Okay. And that's the song that, that Rhapsody and the Buckshot did together. Okay. And Rhapsody's also on Murs of the album. Right. On Get Together. See, this is what happens when you drop two albums on the same date. <laughs> and I'm actually on and her album. Listen to it. And he's on her and he's on Rap's album. So we're gets, all on everybody's album. It gets exactly. very confusing. Everybody that worked with Knife, we just, just run in the, the studio and just jump on the track. <laughs> right, right. Right. What made you do? Let me ask you that. What made you drop two albums on the same day? You know what is when we emailed Drew Hobb. It wasn't my idea. Okay. Okay. It's tight out here. We emailed Drew Hobb about it, and he said, "Are you nuts? Like, this is not gonna work." You know what I mean? Like, you know. But it's something different, man. It's always the music, like. You know the cast that put out mixtape after mixtape after mixtape, and they just flood the streets with music. Right. But for some some strange reason, the music that we make, we kind of want to keep it preserved and keep it holding. We want to hold it back. So I'm thinking, why not flood the streets just like they flood the streets? And so that's that's my thing. And I think from the level that I work from, as opposed to some of the producers that have a way bigger name than mine, who we all may be on the same plane behind closed doors, but you know, you have Kanye, you have Pharrell, you have Swiss, you know what I mean? For me, I have to work twice as hard to keep my name going. And right. why not put out two albums in one day? It okay. was kind of crazy, but why not? It, it is crazy. <laughs> it's like jumping off a cliff. Like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, but, but, but more props bang, you get more bang for your buck, right. whatever way you look at it. Yeah, it's available on iTunes, obviously, t today. Exactly. So. Please go support. Um, so let's get back to the song. So speak. Well, we weren't. In, we didn't intend to speak on the uh, song Rhapsody, but since 
you know, for you guys that don't know, Rhapsody is Ninth's artist. Who's she's a female MC. She's really, really, really dope. So speak on the record. Um, again, a lot of people didn't. I I've quietly done songs with um, females on my projects uh, from the BDI album, and um, mm -hmm. then you know, a lot of people miss the female presence in the in the in the in the, in the game. Uh -huh. It's not a lot of female. You get like one or two, or you get one famous female, and you get like two. I think I've seen her ism. You know what I'm saying? So for me, uh, when I heard Rhapsody, you know, got an acknowledgement of her style. I was attracted to it. It's simple and plain. And I was obliged, I was happy that she wanted to work with me. It wasn't like, you know, I had to force her. So for her to get on my album and do a song with me, it was, I was just blessed. Like, all right, thank you very much because you are a dope MC that I look forward to in the game. I know I'll be hearing from you and I'll be seeing more of you. And it was just a blessing to have an opportunity to work with you now. You know, because I respect your skill. And then it grew into uh, her doing her album, and he was playing a beat one day. Uh, he was doing a song one day for her album. I think he was mixing or something. And I was going back and forth out of the studio. And when I came back in and I heard it, and I was like, I'm going to just jump on his track. I said, I'm going to ask Knife. I said, yeah, I don't know. And I just kind of like snuck my way in. And uh, you know, I was like, yo, can I get on this? Can I do the intro? And it was all good. And I just did the intro. And um, again, she's a dope female. Instead of getting on the track and being like, oh, I want to do this to you or the average female conversation or we spoke about holding each other down from a relationship standpoint of view, a standpoint of view in real life. Like me saying, look, you know, I want to do this. I want to be this type of guy, you know, to give you the world and give you what commercial people give you. But I'm an independent artist. I'm an independent rapper. You know what I'm saying? Um, the checks is all good, but it's not all the time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So... Um, and she came from a standpoint of view of saying, you're an independent artist, I feel you, I'm, you know, I'm rocking with you, but come on, I'm a, I want that good, I need you to step it up, you right, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, want, I want some of the better things in life as well. Yeah. And it was interesting to come from that point of view, so that's what the song is about. Um, you know, you speak on a song that touches really so many people's real lives, and also hip-hop used to be considered the CNN of hip-hop, it used to be a true reflection of hip-hop. Uh, of of life rather, and now when you listen to the radio or you know even why? even okay, hmm? um, why? Thank God for Kendrick Lamar. Okay, okay, absolutely. The reason reason why I say that is mm -hmm. reason why I say that is is because we have to understand the timeline of hip hop. You know, I remember the first place when I bought my first album with my own money. Yeah, we got out. We parents tell their kids to buy albums and buy albums, but you remember where you were when you bought, you know, the first, you know, album with your own money or whatever. So with Kendrick, you know what I mean? That's that's the thing. It's like you got to understand that there's some nine-year-old out there that's going to be his first listen or whatever. So absolutely, that's, um, you know, and that's going to be just a wavelength that's going to start with something else. You know what I mean? Just a whole legion of, of MCs that's coming out that's want to sound like him. Yeah, him being the number one album in the country—that's amazing. So that's a positive. That's a positive. You know what I mean? And this is going to influence, because like Buck said, some people want to succeed, some people want to be popular. So what happens when that's the popular sound now? Yeah. What happens when, when when that's popular? And so. And that's a—it's a real album, right? Not it's a, a collection. Record. Yeah. It's a story, which yeah. albums used to be experiences. It wasn't a collection of songs. Right. The Chronic was an experience. End of the Stage was an experience. 
Yeah. Good kid, bad city is an experience. So. Okay. We, yeah, we we brought in I mean, to the stage was about just being independent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the state of hip hop now, everybody's a lot of independent people out there right now. Everybody is doing their own thing. You know what I'm saying? They're not waiting for Mr. Fabrician, the record company owner. To you know, to tell them what to do or how to do it. You know, everybody's they're getting more into their business. They're taking advantage of the the fact that they have the internet out there, and um and 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 they're taking advantage of social networking. I mean, networking socially is one of the biggest ways to communicate and to sell your products. So, people people you know, we've evolved from that old style of uh, the dusty record company. You know, right? Okay. And now, waiting. I think it's about time for some questions from the audience. Katie here will be. Yeah, uh, this, for, this for you, Buckshot. I'm a big fan of Helter Skelter. What's Helter up with Helter Skelter? Are they coming back or what? What's up with Blackmon? Are y'all coming back or what? Like, what's going on? I mean, uh, we, you know, again, to answer that question, you know, I big shout out to Helter Skelter. Sean Price, for a lot of people don't know, Sean Price is a member of Helter Skelter because people know him like solely on his own right now. And Sean Price, which is, um, yeah. Yeah, all right, <laughs> for real, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't. He keeps the balance, but he's um, so Sean Price got a, a project out right now. It's called Mike Tyson, and he's he's a part of Helter Skelter, and um, eventually Helter Skelter will do another project later on. I had Rock on stage with me last night, you know, doing that the album release party. So they ain't break up. Nobody broke up. We still doing music. Evil D, one of the dopest producers out there of sample the sample era. You know, really, he's a beat miner, so they dig for beats. And they, these guys will go to Australia to get one record, like you know. But 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 no, but that nobody can find. You know what I'm saying? But that's how dig they they go for it. Um, but the business, but again, but the game, the way the game is right now, um, you have to go out and search for the projects that we put together. You have to go out on your own and go get the projects because they're available and they're there. It's just that, like he said earlier, the state of hip hop right now, uh, it's the way it has always been. Hip hop has never changed. It's just that in my era, or at a certain point in the early, late 80s, early 90s, it was, it was popular to be smart. It was popular to be cultural. It was popular to use your brain. Um, and it was, it was like, people gave you a fame for that. Then, once it started to become like, well, fame gets you no fortune, or intelligence gets you no fortune, or all the smart people are broke. Like, once we started to feel like that in the industry, people started to say, well, I really don't care what this guy next to you is saying, he has a lot of money in his pocket. So that's the bottom line that I can, he can say ABC123. If that's what's bringing in the money, then, then, I'm, then I'm attracted to that because that's what people must want. So I don't need, but the people don't know what they want. They just want to succeed. So if they see such and such as in the limelight, then they're gonna wanna be like such and such. And he's probably successful this year. But what happens next year when he's not in the limelight no more, somebody with a new style is successful and they ain't doing anything. We all run to be like that person now. So we just care about being successful. At one point in time, being hardcore was successful. When it was seeming like being hardcore wasn't, it died off. So all you gotta do now is just go to your own services, go to the website, and just go search. They're there. It's just that we're not waiting for radio to push it anymore. Question here in the center. Um, I guess it's to, the question is to um, Ninth Wonder. 
um, and happy anniversary, 39th anniversary to um, Universal Solo Nation. Thank you very much. Um, since you are teaching now in university, how do you inspire um, your students, just like Buckshot say, to maintain the true school spirit, to maintain how rappers used to use intelligent rhyme and words and conscious hip-hop, like Rakim and all those legends. How do you inspire the younger one? Well, well luckily, luckily enough, a lot of the students that I have don't want to be artists. <laughs> that helps. Um, once they find out how hard the class is, because they, they get confused. They come to class and they think the class is going to be easy. They stand there for two weeks and figure out, well, he's not taking demos and he's not going to give me a beat. So I don't want to take the class. So the rest of them are, are ones that necessarily don't want to be artists. They're just, really, they're just really engulfed in the culture and want to understand the culture more. You understand? So it's not necessarily that what I say will inspire them to you know, try to be a conscious rapper or something like that just to know the history of where they came from, just to know the history of this is an art form, this is an art form and culture that has consumed this generation so much. It's like water, it's everywhere. So just to get them to understand that, but you know, all the ones that want to be artists, they dropped my class a long time ago, so we won't have that problem. <laughs> all the way over here to your right, standing up. Um, yeah, my question would be to both of y'all. Um, Recently, Smack DVD, as everybody's been watching, Summer Madness has been all over. You know, um, the battle rap scene, there's a lot of rappers in the industry talking about they want to come and step out to this battle rap world. How, what's y'all take on that, like, as far as, you know, this is where it come from, the essence of hip-hop, battling. This is what we do. You want to ring, you take people's heads off, that's life. It's a part of the game. What's your opinion on the industry people trying to come back into this street game? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> Are you talking about Meek Mill? Notice how we said, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, no, wait, but Meek Mill, he's a new cat, so you know what I'm saying? But he's hungry. He's hungry. Some of these older rappers, though, you know, that's like, you know, I got a lot of love for some old sports players, too. You know, a lot of basketball players, man. I don't want them to break <laughs> their backs, man. Don't, come on, that Achilles is working. Don't do that. Are you speaking for, old, as, as far as older rappers, are you speaking as far as rappers that left hip-hop and not pop and want to come back? I'm speaking on anything, the, anybody. It's you know, but the only the only name, I mean, the only commercial artist that's trying to do that is Meek Mill, though, right? Am I correct? Or are there other people? Meek is one. Busta addressed it. Oh, Busta did. This, oh, okay. yo, there's people. There's people. That, I know what he's talking about, though. I know okay. what he's talking about. And there's and there's a lot of and like that's because and you see, you know that that again, that's a result of the fact that a lot of rappers, a lot of commercial MCs, are starting to realize that making these records isn't the way anymore. Right? Bottom line, making 16 bars of a record and putting a chorus on it just doesn't do it like selling vinyl isn't the way to play a record. No, you know what I mean? It just doesn't. So the kids, the little kids, are the, they're the new. They're the come up. And I always just say respect the come up. Now, at some point in time, you was young, or some of these rappers, and they was in the come up vibe, and they had their time in the battle you know, scenery. So when you try to go back, I call it, not to say it's like bullying, but it kind of is almost, it falls under the line of non, you got to respect it. 
Because if you go back to the battle scene, like, yo, I'm a commercial MC. Watch me go there and tear this up. These niggas ain't ready for me. Ah, ah, ah. Then you go there, and then these little dudes tear a whole new hole in you because they're hungry and got nothing to lose, and you don't, they don't have none of that on their mind. They just got verses after verses after verses, and you, you trying to spit records at them. But you see that you got to respect the little dude. That's what I suggest. That's why I tell all the rappers, if you're listening and you're out there, the best thing for you to do is to respect the little dudes on to come up and they'll respect you. That's it. Don't try to take their spot. What's happening is, is hit the essence of hip hop is cool again. It's becoming the fad. I told you, good, good kid, Mad City messed a lot of people's heads up. You understand? Somebody said, man, MCing and rapping is cool again. So that's what's happening. You know what I mean? From a general standpoint, I call it anybody, just a general standpoint. Something that thought maybe four or five years ago, I'm not going to a battle, I'm not battle, I'm getting money, I'm doing it. So what happens when the whole way, like he said, of getting money runs out? No matter what happens, no matter what fad is popular, no matter whatever, there's always gonna be somebody battling on the corner, no matter what. So, but now the battling on the corner has become popular again. So what do you expect them to do? They're coming back, they always come back, bro. Always. We have time for two more questions in the second row. Um, my question is for Ninth Wonder. Um, before I start off, I just want to say it's amazing that, um, that you're a, a college professor at Harvard. I think that's an outstanding accomplishment. And um, my question that I had was uh, an album that you did with uh, an artist called Mars. And um, I had a, a question, like what like what made you guys do the track um, a funeral for a killer and like how did it, like like what what was going through your mind exactly at the same time when you made that record? That was a concept. Merz came up. Merz is great with coming up with concepts. that's kind of like you know what I mean. Um, I think at some point all of us, you know, some some of us has went to a funeral for a killer, a funeral for a felon, a funeral for somebody that is 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 was a bad seed in society like. We've, we've been to a funeral like that. And when you go to a funeral like that, it's kind of mixed emotions when you go, you know. Some people go to a funeral like that and say, well, he got what's coming to him. Some people go, and, you know, it's so many mixed emotions in a room when the person passes away like that. So that's what that song is about. And this, you know, Murs coming in being West Coast from Mid-City, he's probably seen more of that than I have. You know what I mean? And he can speak on it just like that. That's where the concept came I from. I was curious Merz. about that record too. Is it a metaphor for like gangster rap or something or cuz he you know, I didn't I didn't want to look too much. He's good at tackling social uh, yeah. social commentary. No, I just think it was very base in what it was. I think that's what the track gave to him. You know, the beat that I gave to him. He's very good at taking what I say or taking the beats I give him and creating the movie around it. You know what I mean? Like a setting like we talked about earlier so yeah. And before we take our last question, this is your fifth album with Murs and Merz. your final album. Final, yeah. Um, just quickly speak on, you know, the the chemistry between you and Murs. <laughs> you know, I didn't you know chemistry between you and Murs and the relationship you guys have, and and what made you cut it off at five. You know, I think we've seen enough of groups splitting up on bad terms. That tribe called Quest. Little brother. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've seen enough of that. And, and Merz came to me and said, man, I just want this to be our last one. I said, okay. It wasn't an argument. He said, I just want to end things on a good note. And I said, yeah, that's, that's no problem. And, and so this is our fifth one. And 
just the way we came together was so funny because it was right after I did the track for Jay-Z on the Black Album. And it was like, he called me in May of 2003. I did the track for Jay-Z in September of 2003. Right. He called me in October and said, man, I guess we're not doing the track now. Huh? I guess we're not doing the album. <laughs> and I said, nah, man, we're still going to do it. And that's when we did 316. So just from that standpoint, you know, I'm just very proud of the brother, man. You know, both have families, and it's, it's, it's all good. That's so good. And it was recorded two summers ago, right? No, our album was recorded You're two rec summers okay. ago. See, that's what happens when you drop it. Timeless albums. music. You don't, right. there's no telling when. Definitely. You know, we finished everything two summers ago, man, and we put it out when we, we could have held it five more summers and put it there out. There you go. That's, <laughs> that's right. What's up. All right. So. And our last question's right in front of you, first row. Peace, Ninth, Peace, Buck. Peace. Um, I, I came up on uh, like a good era, what they call the golden era. Like when I first started listening to hip hop, was, uh, it was Illmatic and uh, the Woo and all that. And, um, my favorite albums was that when it had that sound, when it was uh, Eric B and Rakim, when it was, um, you know, just that producer and artist, that one sound. And, you know, that's that's still my favorite music. And I love that you're doing it from Little Brother to the Cloud Nine and, you know, everything that you're doing. So how important is that to keep this one artist, one producer, and how, like, difficult and how special is it when you just got one artist one producer just making that sound. The apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, bro. Like I, I you know, I grew up listening to Gangstar, and and um, and P Rock and CL, and I mean, let's just go all the way back. Let's go to Al Green's music. Al Green had one producer, Willie Mitchell. That's it. You know, um, there was always Motown, the Funk Brothers, always. The sound, you know, would would Black Moon was the beat miners with with. Outcast, it was the organized noise. You know, it always is always good to have a consistent sound to tell the story. That's all it is. And and you know, when you have 15 different producers on an album, you better have a hell of an executive producer. If not, you're gonna have 15 people gunning for the single. So you have 15 people gunning for the single. You just got a mess. Nobody wants to tell the nighttime story joint. Nobody wants to tell the girly song. Everybody's gunning for the radio single. And it's just, it makes no sense, as opposed to on Games, the documentary album, there were several producers on that, but it was Dr. Dre that was there to say, okay, this is the number two, this is the number six, this is track nine. All that's important, you know? It's like putting a movie together, almost. Yes, sir. Okay. Now, I think we're gonna hear some music. From first to final adventure, is that correct? Yeah. Took a leap of faith without the cape and they remind us of heroes Glowing like the candles in the shrine does Nice a problem, I could probably even 99 up To 100 even problems, ain't no bitch cut I'm not one, my coming of age just like bar mitzvah My mind like the Nolans when I'm holding six queens Flip flows like ties, touch deeper than dreams Intercepting, what up ting? Word to the team, my underground army like Bane's underground kings Good versus bad, it's the story of the people Gave you walk like a man Fight against the evils. It ain't just Rap the city. Rap city, yeah. That was a song called Get Together. Mm -hmm. um, did you want to speak on it a little bit? Uh, Murs wanted Murs wanted the album to start like Jay-Z's Hard Not Like Volume 2. We had Bleak do the first song. And so he's like, man, I want rap to start it off. And I'm like, wow, word. He's like, yeah, I want rap to start the album off. I'm like, okay. So she did her thing, as she always does. She killed it. Next track is 
a better a better way a better way read the final call saw what Farrakhan was talking about when I first quit pork it made my mother shout did I miss pepperoni yo no doubt but I held strong I was so devout a little man trying to figure it all out I pray for love I pray for peace I pray for you I pray for me I pray for the living I pray for the deceased I pray for the people that's living in the streets I pray for my friends pray for my enemies I pray for free health care and clean energy all right, all right you guys ready for some live hip-hop here did I miss pepperoni yeah I did <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? so knife and buckshot are about to perform y'all ready Aight. Sup, what's up? He here, you not, you scared, you shot. I dare two cops to play the hero. Uh oh, whether or not you agree with my vision. A lot of dudes rotted in prison, pop with no pistons. Television is telling lies. So I hit the street, street Bible wise and tell the Ten Commandments. My dudes is bandaged, outlandish with hammers. No wonder why they can't stand this. Canvas fatigue, war power, strap for battle. I walk in my block with ease. Let's go. I tell them, you can look down or you can look up. But either way, when you look now, you're looking at Buck. The CE with the O connected. A little man, I did it all for dough. I'm so respected. When the game said, oh, forget him, he ain't gonna last. I hold ass and you call crash. Drew Howard in the stash, unlimited cash. Go to check for the next act, he did it and laugh. I did too, because I remember days when the crew was so poor. Brothers couldn't afford the chew. Now I pull up to your door, you like who? My reply is, I'm BDI. And I'm talking to you. I tell them, look up in the sky, where you'd rather be. Lie to yourself, you can't lie to me. I see lights, camera, and action, everything ain't for everyone, son. Stop rapping. Look up in the sky, where you'd rather be. Lie to yourself, you can't lie to me. I see true careers collapsing, everything ain't for everyone, son. Stop rapping. The solution. Buckshot in the place to be. Ninth Wonder representing with me. I want to thank all my people, my gentlemen, and my late 80s. We do this every day. We do this all day. I see all of y'all, especially my man with the hat with the A. You got another hat with the A? But to you, this is what I got to say. I want to thank y'all right now. This is Duck Down, you know what I'm saying? We do a lot. We make it happen. I do pure rhymes, not really rapping. My man right here, next weekend, I know just now you were sleeping. <laughs> but do me a favor and recognize that what we have here is the bomb. When you get home, go to www.duckdown.com. That's my joint. We'll be back soon. But right now, I want to give thanks to all my people at iTunes. I love Snapple, but what I love more than that is Apple. I want to thank the Apple Store for having us. Thank y'all very much. Support the movement, duckdown.com. Thank y'all, please. Give it up one more time for Ninth Wonder and Buckshot.